Today, we're talking about all things multiple choice questions. This is something that's going to be of significance to those of you who are taking the SQE. So the point of our meeting today is to have an opportunity to discuss what is required in terms of multiple choice questions. We're going to go through a short overview of what the SQE requires in, in terms of these ones. And then we're going to talk about a little bit of technique, how you should approach them, what you should be prepared for, a little bit of tips on how to do best in the MCQs. Now, as is the case in everything else, this is an assessment. An assessment is always a stressful exercise, but the best way to address this is to be familiar both with the substantive content and to be completely on top of that one, but also to be completely on top of the style and the technique and all the technical elements that are around this assessment. The first thing that we can say is perhaps have a little bit of an overview of what we mean by MCQs in the context of the SQE. As you probably know already, SQE 1 tests what they call functioning legal knowledge, the FLK. Now, I do love the fact that everything is now populated with acronyms. It makes it very difficult to navigate things unless you constantly keep sort of Googling everything. But there you go. SQE has got two assessments that are dealing with a, with a different set of subject areas. So the first part of SQE 1 has to do with the stuff that I'm most familiar with. Business law and practice, dispute resolution, contract, tort, uh, legal system of England and Wales, constitutional and administrative law, and also EU law and legal services. So this they call FLK1. Now, if you're looking for substantive information and some assistance in preparing for that stuff, I recommend you uh, subscribe to this channel because I've got a lot of material on contract law and business law and company law that addresses specifically the knowledge content for FLK1 of SQE1. Isn't it annoying all the acronyms? I know. I bet we're going to get used to it eventually, but it is a little, it doesn't really roll off the tongue, does it? Okay, so that is FLK1. So what is FLK2? This gets worse, unfortunately. This one contains property practice, wills in the administration of estates, solicitor's accounts, land law, trusts, criminal law, and practice. So this is FLK2. So the second component of the first part of the SQE. Now, of course, because the SQE is there to prepare you to for becoming solicitors in practice or in any event to test your capacity to become solicitors in practice, there are some stuff that pervade the whole process. Ethics and professional conduct is something that is examined throughout the two assessments dealing with FLK1 and FLK2. So you won't have a specific assessment for things like professional conduct and ethics. These are going to be peppered throughout the other assessment. Hopefully everybody's doing okay so far. If this makes sense to you and you manage to get on top of the acronyms, hit the like button so I know that you haven't fallen asleep already. But, you know, trust me, the SRA has done us a disservice by banging on with so many acronyms. But hey, this is what the knowledge content is about. These are the topics that you're going to be examined on. In a way, they are a mix between what one would do in the traditional undergraduate law degree and what one might do in the vocational course, which is the legal practice course. Now, of course, if you started study in 2022, 
you won't have the opportunity to take the LPC, you're locked into the SQE assessment. If you had studied previously, or if you had started your study previously, you might have the option available of whether to go to the qualification route through the LPC or to take the qualification route through the SQE. Now for that purpose, uh, helping you make that specific choice, I have a video that I'm going to link down in the description that you guys can follow and have a look at afterwards. It kind of examines the two pathways and it gives you pros and cons of, of each particular pathway to help you make that distinction. And coming back to the SQE, so we dealt with the substantive content, we've got some idea of what this is all about, but what does the exam actually look like? The two assessments each have 180 questions. I know my heart bleeds as I say this, because it sounds like a lot of questions, and it is. 180 multiple choice questions. Each assessment takes place on a separate day. So you're going to have one day when you're dealing with FLK1 and then another day when you're dealing with FLK2. And this is still within SQE1. We're not talking about SQE2 just yet. On the day that you're sitting FLK1, for example, you will have two sessions. These sessions are going to be two hours and 33 minutes each, and they will present you with 90 questions that you need to answer. What does this mean? If you've got two hours and 33 minutes to do 90 questions, then you have a break, then you have another a set of the same on the same day. How much time do you actually have per question? Unfortunately, you got less than two minutes per question. Within those two minutes, you have to read a rather extensive scenario-based question, read the five possible answers and select the most appropriate one in less than two minutes. And you need to keep going at this to answer all 90 questions. There's going to be one single correct answer out of all of those. Yeah. So you cannot, you're not going to have questions where you get to select multiple correct answers. There's always going to be one correct answer. As I said, there are two sets in the day. So you're going to have a 60 minute break between those sessions where you kind of probably need to drink some water or something and try and recover. But remember that the SQE1 FLK assessments are closed book. You're not allowed to have anything with you. You're going to go into an examination center run by Pearson and you're going to be stuck in a dingy little cubicle with an individual computer that will not do anything other than access this test. So this is an invigilated closed book controlled environment. But you know what? Since you got less than two minutes per question, you really wouldn't have the time to look at any material, even if you had some material with you. And this is something that resonates to my undergraduate students as well, where we examine, uh, for example, our company law class through multiple choice questions. Even if you have all the material in the world arrayed around you, because you don't really have a lot of time to read the question and select the answer, it doesn't matter what you have. Unless this stuff is in your head already, you wouldn't have the opportunity to actually come out with it and place it um, and review your documents before you select your answer. So it's very important, even in environments that you do have access to materials, to be totally focused and to be totally well prepared for this material. The aim of these assessments are to test how well people understand these fundamental legal principles and imagine yourself as a newly qualified solicitor. So this is the sort of key knowledge content that newly qualified solicitors need to demonstrate. You're probably thinking, okay, they demonstrate all this through the artificial environment of a multiple choice test, and how realistic is this? Don't ask me, ask the SRA who came up with it. There's a cutoff date 
for legal updates. So you shouldn't freak out, you know, checking whether the latest legal developments up until the day of your exam. The cutoff date is four calendar months prior to the date of your first assessment in your assessment window. So you are tested in the law as it was effectively four months ago. So if something has changed very, very recently, don't freak out about this. But otherwise, you need to be up to date. That might include kind of information that changes regularly, like tax thresholds, income tax rates, all of this stuff that, you know, tends to go up and down all the time. So your knowledge point for this needs to be four months prior to your assessment date. The way that you actually go through the test, how it's arrayed on the computer, this information is a little bit difficult to find, but, you know, having experienced a lot of these things with uh, some of your colleagues and other friends and so on, you do have a fairly streamlined environment, so it does look quite nice. You have a progression chart that shows you how far you've gone. You've got information which question you're answering. You can actually backtrack on the questions and revisit your answers. You're able to flag certain of your answers uh, or certain of the questions if you haven't answered them yet to come back to it later on. It's possible to kind of track your progress, track your timing, make a little bit of uh, notes on the system itself where you want to return. So all of that is possible within the controlled computer environment during which you're taking these multiple choice uh, questions. But one thing to remember is don't flag too many because it, as we said, you don't have a great deal of time. So if you're flagging too many questions to come back and review, you're running the risk that then you're going to create yourself an unmanageable task and you will not have the time to actually review all those questions. Also remember, and this is true of every multiple choice test, your first inclination is usually the correct one. In any test that requires on recollection, your initial impression is likely to be the correct one. If you start doubting yourself and thinking it through, then you're more likely to get yourself confused and end up picking the wrong one in the end. So be very careful about this. In a way, trust yourself and trust your preparation when you're sitting through this exam. For the students that are taking this exam, not for the SQE, but are taking multiple choice tests in other environments, I've got a video linked down in the description as to what the test looks like when you've set it up in a pl platform like Blackboard, for instance, um, when we run these tests at the university. Hopefully, everybody is doing so far okay and you are on top of well, the structure of the exam and what is required and the knowledge content. And now you understand a little bit better the task that you're getting yourselves into. So just to recap, SQE1 comes with two assessments, one testing FLK1, one testing FLK2. Each of those is presented as a test of 180 questions, but it's split in half. So you get a little bit of a break in between. The most important thing to remember is the time limitation, that you've got less than two minutes to address each question, which means that you need to be completely on top of the learning content before you step in there and start attempting the, attempting the exam. Hopefully, we're all on the same page here. And now let's get into the interesting bits. The interesting bits are how do you actually manage this and how do you succeed? By the way, if you guys are wondering what the success uh, rates are, I mean, where is the threshold for the grade for you to be able to pass, have a look at the video down in the description where I discuss SQE pass rates and then SQE pass marks 
and how all that can be interpreted through the statistics that the SRA is giving us after every assessment. It's an interesting exercise to look at those statistics and look at, you know, which mark you have to achieve in order to pass and also to see how people do comparative to each other in these assessments. You might get the impression that it's very easy because you require like a mid 2-2, something in the mid 50s to pass. But if you see how many people actually succeed, it's about, you know, half of them. And if you see the complexity of what is uh, required in there, then you're probably going to realize that achieving like something in the mid-50s is a task in itself. This isn't as easy as university-level assessments because if you're doing these things as part of your undergraduate law degree, you're very likely to think, you know, I'm doing well if I'm getting a mid to one. And if I'm getting anything less than 65, then, you know, that's like a catastrophe and something that you need to be obsessing about. Things that are a lot tighter for the SQE. So be prepared both for lower performance when you're doing kind of various tests for yourselves to see how you're getting on, but also be prepared for the fact that it is very challenging. So anybody who achieves something in the mid-50s and manages to pass has done extremely well. But let's move on now to the important thing, which is a few tips on how to actually approach multiple choice questions. Now, some of you guys might be well familiar with multiple choice questions. I mean, if you're taking my uh, company law class, uh, this is the main form of assessment now. So the students already have quite a lot of training in how to approach a multiple choice questions that are in the style of the SQE. Equally, if you want some training on these types of questions and you haven't done so already, join my Facebook group. I'm going to put the link down in the description that you can click on um, when you're watching this on the replay. In the Facebook group, I do share sample multiple choice questions pretty much every day. And there's quite a lot of people. There's almost 2,000 members in that group. People participate in there. You get to talk to each other, uh, discuss what's the correct answer. And then I offer feedback on what I think is the correct answer and we can pursue this. So if you're looking for further opportunities to test yourselves in questions in the style of the SQE, joining the Facebook group and, you know, joining a community of people who are going through the same trouble might be a good idea. Tips on how to succeed on the MCQs. Here we go. Tip number one, yeah? Read stuff properly. You have to read or watch the instructions that they give you for this exam super carefully. How many questions do you need to do? Can you revise or review them? Can you go back and forth? Can you track them? Can you flag them? Uh, can you make notes on the documents itself, on the computer that you're using or, you know, on a hard copy resource that they're giving you? What is the framework for this exam? Unless you pay very close attention to the instructions, then you might make mistakes that are fatal or you might miss opportunities to actually approach this exam in a way that works better for you. So you're going to be presented with a set of video instructions when, you, when you're in the examination center for the SQE. Make sure that you pay very, very close attention to that video. If you are taking a, a multiple choice test in a different context, again, make sure that you read very carefully the instructions that are given to you or any instructions that are read out by the invigilator. Making mistakes as to the a framework of the exam is a sure pathway to failure. So be very important for this. This is tip number one. Tip number two, equally important. You have to read the questions super carefully. I mean, if there's one thing that you need to pay extreme attention to are the questions in multiple choice tests. It could be that there are little bits of uh, hidden things in there. 
it could be that you're looking for the correct answer to something, but the question is asking you what is not correct, right? You could have a question that says, uh, which, which section of the Companies Act does something, um, or it could be asking you, which section of the Companies Act does not do something? If you read the question quickly, you might miss the not or um, something else that is perhaps looking for a negative. If you make a mistake like this, then you're totally going to miss out on answering this question correctly. So as with every other type of assessment, it is absolutely essential that you read the questions super carefully. Of course, if you're reading the questions super carefully, which was tip number two, you have to read the answers very carefully as well. That's tip number three. Most of these types of multiple choice tests do not present you with a question and then a set of possible answers, four of which are totally wrong and one of which is totally correct. It normally does not work this way. You might have the occasional question that's like this. If the question, for instance, says which case establishes this rule and you've got, you know, four cases that are irrelevant and the one that establishes the rule, then yes, in that case, you do have one single correct answer. But most questions are not going to be like this. Most questions are going to give you things that sound plausible, in which case you're not looking for the one correct answer amongst a bunch of possible answers that are totally wrong. You are looking for the most likely answer. I think that you should think about this super carefully and make a point of chasing after this. You read the question carefully, you read the answers carefully, what you're aiming for is the most likely correct answer, not the one single correct answer amongst a bunch of really, really random ones. Tip number four, timing. This is a multiple choice test with a, with a uh, clock running. So time planning is the most important thing you should do. Work out your timings and stick to them. Work out how much time you have available per question. Do not exceed this. Answer the question within the time you've got. If you're unsure, flag the question to come back to it later, if time allows. But if you spend too much on the questions, you're going to figure out very quickly that you will run out of time and you will not be able to address the remaining questions. This is a sure path to failure. Not being able to complete a multiple choice test on time is a disaster. So stick to your timings. How many questions do you have to do? How much time do you have overall? How much time, how many minutes can you allocate per question? Think, stick to your time, keep your eyes on the clock, and if you've got some time remaining at the end, if you went faster than anticipated, come back and revisit the ones you were unsure about, perhaps the ones that you have flagged on the system. Otherwise, the test completes and that's it. And this is a top-notch advice for any type of multiple choice test. Even if we're not talking about the SQE and we're talking another one, like my company law multiple choice tests on Blackboard, again, timing is of the essence. The test will submit itself automatically when you run out of time. So you will not have the chance to get anything additional. Tip number five, study as hard as you can. People have got this wrong impression that multiple choice tests are easier. Multiple choice tests are not easier. If anything, they can be worse than other types of assessment because you cannot kind of waffle your way through. If you have some sort of written down exam, then 
you know, if you're presented with a problem question, by the time you sort of repeat the facts a little bit and try to say something vaguely plausible, and then you repeated the facts a little bit more, you've written perhaps half a page or a page, and even though you don't know much about it, this might give the examiner the impression that you've done something and you might achieve a pass. Unfortunately, this is not something that can be achieved in a multiple choice test. Either you got the correct answer or you don't, and that's it. I mean, there is an element of luck, I'm guessing, is like, if you're picking at random, then you do have one chance out of five that you might hit the correct answer, but this isn't really how you should approach those tests. You should approach them like a difficult, complicated, thorough examination, for which you put in the best level of preparation you can in the time that you have available. Do not assume that SQE1 in FLK1 and FLK2 is going to be an easy accessible assessment because it's an MCQ. It is not easy. It is not easier than the stuff that people do at the LPC. It is exactly the same level of difficulty. So be very careful with this when you're preparing for this exam. So let's have a quick recap on our top tips on how to succeed in multiple choice questions. A or one, watch the instructions or read the instructions very carefully. You need to be 100% sure what the, the exam is about, how it runs, what is its framework, what is it asking you to do. Second, read the questions and the possible answers extremely carefully. If you miss a word here or there, it might be catastrophic. If you miss something out, you could be looking for the wrong thing. Do not do this. Focus on the questions relentlessly. Read them super carefully. Three, don't look for wrong answers to take them out. Usually what you're looking for is the most likely correct answer. You're not looking for one spectacularly correct answer amongst a bunch of spectacularly wrong ones. Four, timing. Timing is the most important element in multiple choice tests. You run out of time, you're dead in the water. So be super careful with your timings. Stick to them relentlessly. Go next question, next question, next question till you finished off all your questions. And then if you have a bit of time, come back and revisit. And fifth, study like crazy. A multiple choice test is not an easier test. It might create this impression because you don't actually have to sit there and write lots of information, but it is technically as difficult as every other examination. So we've gone through what the SQ1 is about, what the FLK1 and 2 is about, how many questions you need to do and how you need to do them. And I've offered you guys my best tips on how to succeed in multiple choice questions. Thank you very much for coming and joining me today. I hope you found this useful and I'll see you next time.